0: for anybody that has been watching or listening to relatable journey for a period of time knows obviously i'm in the sports world and a lot of our guests have to do with sports but i love conversations with anybody any walk of life and ted payton is exactly that he's a meteorologist so if you love weather you're probably gonna love this conversation he is our meteorologist here on fox charlotte queen city news and ted and i have gotten pretty close pretty quickly in part because of his faith, but also because we love to talk about things that are a little bit deeper than what you had for breakfast or what you had for lunch and your favorite football team. So please enjoy our conversation and Ted's faith and his journey. He claims it's an early journey in his, in his life, but he's a lot deeper than he even knows. So please enjoy this episode of A Relatable Journey.
1: I grew up in the Catholic Church, and after I graduated high school and went to college, I kind of distanced myself from that. Before I got into TV, I worked at a law firm for, for three years, and those were some dark years of my life. Being in the hospital and the doctor telling me I'm I'm going through CAT scans, I have morphine in in, in the uh, IV for pain, because there were three things that were stressing me out the most. The amount of money I was making, the job I was working, and living at home with my parents. The job. Those three things solved within a year. Our work is ahead of us, and it's just on us to spread our wings, stop fighting it, and just accept it.
0: Well, my man, thank you for coming on a relatable journey. Uh, this is Ted Fayton. Everybody who doesn't know Ted, he's our morning meteorologist. He's the host of the of the modern man podcast. Tell tell everyone about your podcast real quick before they they uh, you know they yeah. they, they want to listen. Yeah, man.
1: Uh, well, first, Will, thanks for having me on. Uh, great show. What's up to your audience? Uh, I host the Modern Man Podcast. It was a mission I started a long time ago, and really, I just want to connect men and pursue their potential. I, I kind of identified this need in the world, first by knowing my blessing of having my father through most of my life. And when I moved away from home, I leaned into a lot of just male mentorship. And, and kind of knowing what it's done for me in my life. So I started this podcast just to highlight the good men that are out there that I don't honestly, I think don't get enough highlighting in, in society today. So we have that's weird because I haven't been on
0: your podcast, huh? That's awesome. I mean, you're, you're, you're on the list. <laughs> <laughs> you, you didn't get the email,
1: <laughs> but it's it's all about connecting men in pursuit of their potential, um, just to kind of elevate ourselves to the next level. I would say it's a, it's a men's mental health podcast, but we're not good at asking for help. So it's more of a networking and, and empowerment podcast. Let's, let's talk about doing good things, doing great things, put wind in each other's sails. But when life gets hard to We'll have those relationships built already so we can lean on each other, kind of dig the well before we're thirsty because male isolation, I think, is a huge problem. The suicide rate amongst men is, is egregious. And, you know, if we could just start building better connections and have some positive male role models around us, I, I mean, I think it can make us as men better. I think it can make communities better and eventually, hopefully, the world better.
0: Yeah, man, I love that because, you know, I was watching something with Jordan Peterson the other day and he was saying being a male, being a man is necessary. Being a man in society, you need men in society. And we're told today that you're toxic if you're a man, like you're not, (laughs) you're, you're, you're not good. Like you're, you're doing it wrong if you're a man. And that's not true. Like you need men in society. So I love that message. And I think that's important and we can all learn and grow men or women, no matter who you are. So Mm -hmm. that's, that's awesome, man. Good for you. Um, Appreciate it, man. We just were to talk- touched on
1: that really quick because yeah, yeah, yeah. you said that thing it's like a trigger word for a lot of people, right? Okay. Toxic masculinity. Yeah. And I just I say I compare masculinity to gunpowder, right? Or explosives. The number one purchaser of explosives is the US Army, and obviously they use it to destroy. The number two consumer in the world of explosives is Walt Disney World, mm-hmm. and they use it to create magic. So if we look at masculinity as an explosive, sure, you can you can talk on its destructive power but also its power to spring joy and happiness to protect. Exactly. And that's kind of what I'm leaning into is, is like, Hey, this thing in itself
0: might not be bad, but what it's used for can be, but it could also be used for an amazing amount of good. Oh, I mean, absolutely. I mean, you can use your strength. Men are stronger, faster. And if we use that as a weapon, then it's then it's a negative. We use that protect to protect ourselves, our children, and our women. Then it's used as a positive, And that's the way it should be. And that's not yeah. to say everything. I mean, like Ronda Rousey would beat my face in. So, you know, like, <laughs> generally speaking, men have to be the protectors in society. And I think that's awesome to put us up on the pedestal that we deserve to be on if you're doing it right. Doing my best, man. Doing my best. Oh, man. So, how did you? You know, we were talking, and you're like, you know, I'm not, I don't know if I'm the best candidate for a relatable journey. I don't know if I'm the best candidate for your podcast because you're new in your journey, and I, I think that's awesome. Everyone's journey starts somewhere in your faith. Mine yeah. started younger, thanks to my parents, and I, and I was ingrained in the church, and I, my, my faith and my relationship with Christ grew. Um, but I, you know, like recently within, I don't know, five years or so, something like that, I really started to understand tithing. Like there's different steps and understand like the money's not my, my money isn't mine. It's God's God's lending it to me. It's going to be somebody else's when I die. Yeah. You know, (laughs) it's like, there's different steps. There's different things. So where are you on your faith? And, and how did that start for you to be like, you know what? I want to get to know Jesus a little bit.
1: Yeah, man. It started with community. Um, back to the, the man male role model. I had some good friends around me who were faith-based. And, you know, when, when you have somebody that you look up to and they have aspects of their lives, you want to embody, you want to, you want to be on the Kool-Aid they're drinking. You want to, you know, you like, Hey man, I'm gonna order what he's having. Mm -hmm. And it just came from these guys just loving on me and and telling me what worked for them. And and for me, I, I grew up, I grew up in the Catholic church, right? My parents, Had me go to Catholic school, and and after I graduated high school and went to college, I kind of distanced myself from that. Spent a very long time just doing my own thing. But when I cultivated this this group of people around me, who I mean, they would quote scripture to me, and it would sound like things I've heard before, sound like motivational things I've heard before, and I just resonated to it. I kept listening to them, listening to them, and then my one friend was like, "Hey, come to church with me, man." And I went to church with him and, and hearing a pastor. And I think we've all been there. You're sitting in church and you're like, you're talking to me <laughs> like that was my experience yesterday. And then it, it just kind of shed the light into how, like, we're all having this human experience. Right. And while I'm sitting here thinking like, you know, I've I've never I remember telling my friend, like, Man, I've never heard God. You know, people are like, oh, you know, God told me this or this. I was like, I've never heard God. And my friend was like, well, what, what do you talk to him? And I was like, what do you mean? He says, if someone, if you called somebody on the phone and they never picked up, are you going to keep calling? You're going to call more and more, you know, what does that relationship look like if that other side never picks up? And I was like, okay, huh? Well, how do I talk to God? Well, get his word, the Bible. So I started taking Bible verses in, seeing how they apply to my life. And I've seen the shift. And much like what happens when I start working out and then you start seeing those results, you're like. Oh, let me let me keep doing this. Let me dig deeper. Right. The workout journey was a long time ago for me, and it's still something I do to this day because of the fruits that it bears. Same thing with, with my journey in faith is as I've as I've pursued God and as I pursued understanding and learning Jesus. I started seeing some of the fruits of my life change, uh, the abundance of my life change. And I think it's made me a better man. It's made me a better person. And, and I say I'm still early on in the journey because I'm surrounded by other people who are so much farther down that I hope to be like and I hope to follow. But I also hope to pat, uh, forge my own path along the way as well.
0: You know, it's so funny. Um, I was never in, in the Catholic church. I was always in a basically non-denominational Protestant or, or whatever whatever it might be. And everyone I've had on a relatable journey, as says they were in the Catholic church, went to Catholic school, says they, they left their faith at some point in their life. And, and I don't necessarily know why it is. It seems like it's more based on rules versus a relationship with Christ. So how yeah. have you seen your, you know, your relationship grow versus what you thought religion was, quote unquote, if you're listening on this, mm-hmm. what, what you thought religion was versus where you are now? It seems like you're more in a faith versus a religion.
1: Yeah. um, I would say for me, my experience, it was more rebellious. Mm -hmm. I think it was, you know, especially through high school where it was a structure, right. Um, You know, and I remember, I mean, we went to a a high school that used to be all boys, but you know, they were friars and we had to follow a structure. So when, when I went to college and I had my independence my freedom as you would naturally there was rebellion in that. And, and, I, I think it wasn't so much running away from God. I think it was running away from the religion. It was yeah. running away from from these bars I felt that was keeping me in. And it was almost as though I felt like I had to have an identity that didn't feel like me. What's different for me now is is more, I feel like the seed of who I am was injected into me from birth by God. And my expression of life is my religion, is my faith, right? It's, it's more or less, I, I put it this way. I would talk about, You know, growing up, going to Catholic school, being, you know, we could talk really about in terms of race. I was one of two, maybe three black kids in all the class. And I have a pretty good vernacular speak. Well, always have my whole life. My parents leaned in on me for that. But what ended up happening, I mean, I also have a good slang, good urban talk, but I was somewhere in the middle, right? I was a little too black for the white kids, a little too white for the black kids. And I didn't really have a place. And I was like, okay, why don't I fit in? my epiphany was I'm meant to stand out. I'm meant to be this person. And when I talk about the gifts that have led me to where I am, you know, God gives me the gifts. What I do with those gifts is my gift back to God. So now I'm in more of the pursuit of the tools that I have, the, the, the path that's in front of me and trying to show up as my best self because these gifts and these tools, were, were, are, they're not my own uh you know the money i make in life. we kind of were joking about this before like our our money is not our own right and it's 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 understanding that and it might sound sound daunting like oh man none of this is mine but it's so relieving because that that relieves the pressure as well
0: right you don't have to be (laughs) responsible for all that money like you if you know when i give money to homeless or to charities i say you know i don't know what they're going to do with it and i don't know if they're going to spend it properly but i do know that it's not my responsibility to own that money, like take care of my money. It's not my money. So I just, I am a good steward and I, and I give, and I donate and I hope God, God knows what's in my heart. And I hope God, you know, touches them with that money. Does the best thing you can do with your money is impact other people's lives in a positive way versus mm-hmm. storing it up, storing up money does, doesn't do anything. I was listening to Rick Warren and he was saying, if, it's like fertilizer. If you just yeah. pile it up, it just starts to stink. If you spread <laughs> it around, it starts to grow.
1: Yeah. And that's the thing, too, is like, so the pursuit of money, right? Talking on that and, you know, in the Catholic faith or whatnot, it was almost like I had to feel bad about my pursuit of money, right? Oh, a lot of sin.
0: guilt tied to the Catholic faith.
1: Exactly. And, and, and guilt it is was a sin, plan. because
0: then if you feel guilty, then you don't believe that your sins are forgiven. So Jesus tells you, if you feel guilty, you don't believe in me. Like, yeah. You, you act as an atheist. <laughs>
1: And, but the reality in the pursuit of that money, in the pursuit of riches, it's not, you know, the, the, the sin is the greed, right? Like you it say, is. if I'm pursuing all this money just to stack it up, what good am I doing in the world? Right. But if I'm pursuing this money because I want to give to my church, I want to take care of my family, I want to help those that need, you know, th- that, is, that is a pure pursuit. And and there's there's nothing wrong with that, right? Um, I forgot. Uh, I think it was Pastor Mike, one of the many pastors that I follow and sermons that I listen to, when he was like, you know, "God has no problem with money. It's the priority."
0: Right. It's it's for the love. The love of money is the sin, not the not money in and of itself. Like great, the sin money is not evil. It is the yeah. love of money and prioritizing it, which makes an you know ideolo- um Makes it your idol, basically. If you put it over mm-hmm. God. I can't remember the exact term, but right now but
1: idolizing
0: yeah, yeah. idol exactly like it's a, it's an idol to you over god if that's what you're worshiping if you put it above god and that it, it's just your totem pole of god needs to be number one before your wife before your kids before your money before your home before yourself before anything because then mm-hmm. it all falls in order because if you put anything above god then you're out of whack
1: yeah no i mean it again the priority list and the way you you list that i thought was perfect because that's this kind of how i structure my list that's how mm-hmm. i structure my 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 uh my goals in life and, and what's interesting about the things that i do today that make money um me being a meteorologist i did that for free before i ever got paid for it i, I and even podcasting
0: right doing that for free before i ever yep. get paid did, for yeah it. you're on a you're on a podcast that makes zero money which is why we yeah. have to do it via zoom <laughs> exactly. You know, listen, it, I record
1: via zoom also, you know, I'm, I'm leaning mean, but yep. at, the, at the same time, it's, it's, um, chasing when we, we talk about purpose a lot, we talk about fulfillment, but you, you know, a lot of people think, okay, what am I going to do in life that makes a lot of money when I'm more or less thinking, okay, what, what does, what triggers a spark in me? What, what makes me feel a lot? What makes me feel like I'm contributing to society? And when I started chasing those things, the money followed. My wife is currently going through esthetician school. And I remember when we were making this decision, she spent a long time thinking like, this doesn't make money. This doesn't make money. This doesn't make money. She was trying to find a career path that would make more money. And we were talking about it. I was like, babe, chase your passion. Yes. Chase what you think you can give to the world. Money will figure itself out. Right. Yes. Right. Like it's, it's, it's an energy. I, I money is it's, it's, it's air. <laughs> and, yeah. and it's, it's just an exchange of energy so put your put your heart and soul into really what god's pulling you to because that's probably where he wants you to go and we fight it man we fight it i fought it <laughs> and, we all do and at the end of the day like you know, god always wins
0: <laughs> and he better you know it's so fun you say that and i've talked about this on a relatable journey quite a bit is i had my hands so tight on the steering wheel of my life young when i was younger because i wanted to be you know, I was playing baseball, and I wanted to get and play professionally. And then all of a sudden, I realized like it ain't happening, brother. So I took my hands off, and I was very happy. And then I wanted to be on air, and I was looking for my first job. And I was like, I got an offer to go to Fargo. I was like, I'm better than Fargo. I'm not going to Fargo. Well, I ended yeah. up going to Fargo, and thank God I did because I made all my mistakes. I was terrible, and nobody saw me. And then I got another job and I kept at my hands on the wheel being like, I don't want to go there. I don't want to go there. And I ended up going to all these places I didn't want to go. And th- again, looking back on it, thank God I did. And then eventually I was like, right, t- I'm, my hands are off the wheel. You tell me where to go, because if, if I'm going there because you want me to go there, then it's the right place to be. And I'm going to find happiness. And there's a reason I'm going to find it. And there's a reason I'm going there. I don't know it now, but I will yeah. look back an X amount of months or years and realize why. Life is so much easier. When you don't try to control, it's that same concept of money. When you know it's not yours, that guilt and that and that burden and that stress isn't there. So when your hands are off the wheel in life, like that stress isn't there. My wife is so always like, "Why are you never stressed?" I'm like, "Cause like I believe in God. I believe that if I follow Him and listen and I stay in the Word, I'm doing okay. So whether I go to this place or that place next, I'm gonna go when the time is right." And as long as I'm, you know, just t- kind of taking care of my business and living faithfully.
1: Yeah. I mean, even my wife will say it's like, or my friends used to always say, and I tell them I have this, uh, almost like delirious faith. Everything works out.
0: And yeah. It, like, I'm oh, in the same just- boat and it, <laughs> and it looks insane. If you, if you don't have that same perspective, cause you're like, well, you have to get off the couch. Like, yeah, you got to get off the couch. You don't just wake up one day and be where God wants you to be. You got to do your part.
1: Yeah. Which I mean, two two things to that point. Number one, you said, thank God, you know, all that didn't pan out the way it did. I had to say a prayer a while back Lou God. Thank you for not giving me the things I prayed for when I wanted. Them. Yes. Because had I gotten the things I wanted
0: <laughs> when I wanted them, I would have oh, I would have messed it up. You would have messed it up. You would have <laughs> failed. You would have been in disaster. It would have been absolutely horrible. It's like Garth Brooks, the song Unanswered Prayers. He was just in Charlotte. I mean, yeah think like think about all the girlfriends you had growing up like oh my gosh i want to marry her please lord have her like me then you wouldn't know your wife you wouldn't have the same family or if you got the job that you wanted you would have been so bad you would have been laughed out of the industry for me that i would Mm -hmm. never would have been back in the industry because i would have been that guy it would have been so bad
1: yeah so i I had to say thank you for that and then number two i had to learn what obedience was like uh, for 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 me i i used to think and a lot of us think obedience is just surrender right obedience is like okay fine. I'm at your will. But that's, that's not it, right? If, if your parents says, take out the trash, obedience is doing that work. Mm-hmm. Obedience was me laying into something that I quite frankly, wasn't happy with at the time. When, before I got into TV, I worked at a law firm for, for three years. And those were some dark years of my life. But I remember um the stress putting me into the hospital, being wow. in the hospital and the doctor telling me I'm, I'm going through CAT scans. I have morphine in, in, in the uh, IV for pain. Um, I have ulcerative colitis. Which is an autoimmune disease. It attacks my large intestine. So the surgeon comes in like, hey, we're gonna have to do a CAT scan. It's not looking good. We might have to take your large intestine out. I'm 23 years old, man. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to lose my large intestine. But I just remember I'm like, I'm praying. And I'm like, at, at that time, didn't have much of a relationship at all. And, but here I am in my darkest moment. Pray and asking, get me through this, get me through this, get me out of this. Long story short, leaving the hospital, I remember taking a different approach in life, right? I went back to my job and though I hated it, it didn't change anything, but I said, let me apply myself in this. And applying myself in that and talking to them led to a $5,000 raise five thousand dollar yearly raise which was amazing at the time because it allowed me to move out of my parents house because there were three things that were stressing me out the most the amount of money i was making the job i was working and living at home with my parents so once i accepted the obedience of where i was i went into i went into work mode worked got a five thousand dollar raise money i'm making goes up that allowed me to move out of my parents house no longer living with my parents and a few months later got a phone call to go to Saginaw, Michigan to start as a meteorologist, my dream job. Those three things solved within a year from me, just leaving the hospital and just be like, you know what? Fine. I'm not going to fight it anymore. And I always talk about so many people say, Oh God, if you would just you know, help me out with this and the other thing, how many times does God answer your prayer? And you don't give him the credit.
0: Oh my, yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's it. You know, there's an a there's an, there's a fable, or you know, whatever you want to call it, a, a wives tale of a man's in the in the forest, and and he's about to die, and he and he prays to God, God, if you save me, then I'll forever and always believe in you, and I'll be there. And all of a sudden, someone shows up, saves him, and he's telling this story to someone at the bar. He says, "Oh, you must be a, a big believer in God." Now he's like, "Well, no, I'm just thankful for the guy who saved me." <laughs> so, right. It, it, it's your perspective and I guess, and how you look at it, but I mean, going off what you're talking about in, in work, you're not working for the man, in the corner office, you're not working for your boss, you're working for God. So when you look at it in that perspective, it's a lot different and you work happier and you work with joy because it, there's no, there's no pressure in any of that. Yeah. I mean, we we get
1: especially in our industry in our career we we can get so critical of ourselves and, and what yeah. we're doing and 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 I remember uh, and part of what I think makes me I mean I don't like talk about myself on air but like part of what makes me feel good at what I do is the comfort in which I do it
0: mm-hmm. you know
1: there, there's there's no pressure in terms of the viewers at home watching I'm just here with with information that I'm hoping to deliver in a clear concise manner and I'm enjoying what I do I'm putting love and, and and passion into it and like I said the skills and and the ability for me to do what I do is is not my own this this is this is I'm an instrument you know yes. I'm an instrument of the lord and that's that's what's being delivered to people so with that kind of mentality for me there there has been the relief uh, of the stress there has been I mean I remember I used to watch others and competitors and, and and pick up on this and that and the other thing. And I'm like,
0: stop, (laughs) stop. (laughs) And God (laughs) tells us don't compare ourselves to others.
1: Yeah. And and I had to, and I had to realize, you know, if I want to be the best meteorologist I can be, if I want to be, um, you know, the best podcaster I can be, and, and notice him saying I can be, because, you know, no longer am I trying to to top charts or compare myself to others. It's, it's all about my internal potential. There's, there's these gifts and abilities that I see within myself. And I want to, I want to see how far I can take it. I want to see how much I could do with this and not in a, in a selfish manner, because like I said, these gifts, it's, it's, it's an instrument, it's an instrument of God. And, and I, I, I talk about art with this, right. When, when you listen to music that gives you chills or you mm-hmm. see a, a, a production or something that brings you to tears, you know, these emotions that are sparked in you from other people's expression is for, for me, I mean, that's, that's transcendent right? Like me and you are talking right now, we're sharing words, we're having a conversation, the impact that those have is, is,
0: is only credited to something beyond us. Right. And, you know, so I've, I read something at one point that said, you know, God created music. So when we hear music, we all know instantaneously when it's good. And when it sounds good, mm-hmm. we all know instantaneously when it sounds bad. And why is that? It's because it's from God. It's not like we didn't, we, we don't all just have that, that like to, we the fact that we all know when something sounds bad or sounds good how do you explain that i mean it, yeah it's it's crazy um <laughs> you yeah, go, go ahead
1: yeah that applies to so much because you know one of my mentors told me about um your your standard and your ability right and when we hear music if i pick up the piano we know good music we i i trust your taste in music but if you don't play piano and you sat down and you're like i want to play a piece it's not just going to sound like an amazing orchestra, right? And that's the thing is so many people, whenever they're chasing their dream, whenever they're chasing something that's pulling at their heartstrings, the problem is, you know, sure, their standard might be higher than their ability to express. So before I can really express my innate ability or my thoughts, my emotions through piano, I need to acquire the skill. And a lot of people don't go through that hard time. A lot of people don't go through that gap right? And what do we do? Oh, maybe this isn't for me. The moment it gets hard, oh, maybe, you know, let me ease up on it. But when we endure those things, that's when greatness comes out on the other side, because I've also learned God's going to test to see if you really want it. Over my shoulder, some folks might see The Alchemist if they're watching, right? One of my favorite books, but it literally talks about a boy who chases his, his passion and gets tested along the way and everything's conspiring to help him accomplish this, the test is going to be, you know, is this really happening? Is this, is this something that you really want? And the test doesn't come from God. That's the devil, right? right. You wake up, Hey, not today, Satan,
0: right? <laughs> <laughs> not today, Satan. I- I'm pushing through. Yeah. I mean, hundred percent. And, um, when I go to work and when I talk to kids that want to get in this business, they ask you know like why you get in or what's your favorite what's your favorite part about what you do and my every time my one answer is it's the corniest answer ever is i get to be myself like i get to be me i get to be my personality with what i do and i feel genuinely like god was like all right this is what you're going to do because you love i love to be myself and i love myself and that's not arrogant it's like god, who god <laughs> made me and these are my skills is to be gregarious to be outgoing to to have the personality that I have on air. And not everyone has that. And and there's a lot of skills that everyone else has that I don't have. So my answer is, it's corny from the standpoint of I get to be who I am, but it's who God made me. I get to be who God made me. I found my path by taking my hands off the wheel. wheel. And now I have such a joy for life because every day is filled with something I love to do. And that's the, the best part about what I do for me. And I get and to. I would you know, say I get to use this platform to spread his word.
1: I would also say your answer was your your prayer was answered too because I saw you in the uh, in the night softball game. You're, you're playing baseball on a major league field, brother.
0: I know, right? <laughs> yeah, <that's>, softball. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> yes. the thing.
1: The irony is, you know, our prayers don't get answered the way we expect them to. Right. right? I wanted to play football, and I remember I took a picture a while ago. And it was when I was early on and, and kind of just like leaning into my faith. And it was an aha moment where uh, Clemson, I was in Greenville, South Carolina, and Clemson won the national championship. So they take the trophy and they tore it around. And I'm sitting here next to the national championship, college national championship trophy. And I'm laughing because I was like, man, I graduated high school, 135 pounds, soaking wet, right? <laughs> Five foot seven. For anybody that knows football, you know, that's a small dude on the field. He's not <laughs> cutting it out.
0: That ain't but- happening
1: to Had I gone my path into playing college football or whatnot, no way I would get close to that trophy. But by the utilities Mm. and the skills that I have had in broadcasting that I leaned into that God gave me, he sat me right next
0: to that trophy. That's an amazing perspective. I love that.
1: (laughs) So by doing it his way, I still got there. Just not the way that he wanted to. Because if you actually think about it, you know, you know, a few of the Clemson players, I'm friends with them. I'm friends with the ones who won the national championship. They don't have the trophy, they don't own it. They just took right. a picture with it. They just held it. Yeah. <laughs> I did the same thing, bro.
0: <laughs> That's amazing. First of all, you're way further in your path than you let on. Like you, you have a perspective with your faith and who you are and what life is about, way more than you let on when we were talking earlier. So I, I think you should know that. And I'm curious, and I'll still ask because I was going to ask this question, thinking that you are way a beginner in this, but I'm going to ask it anyway, because I think we're all kind of beginners in some facet or another. what's been the toughest thing for you as as, as you say a, a new uh, believer in believing
1: um tithing um yeah. I think tithing is is the hardest thing i mean i I, I give and um I mean, when it comes to like, <laughs> I even just got an invoice from eBay because like, I sell, sell things on eBay here and there, but I always do the 10% to charity and, and everything, but, um, tithing in terms of consistently straight up 10% of my income going to the church. And, and I don't do that yet. And I don't know why. And that's, and that has been a bit of, a bit of a roadblock for me. And when I say a roadblock, it's not something I'm avoiding. It's not something I'm fighting. I think I'm just kind of kicking that can down, uh, kicking that can down the road because and and it might happen to a lot of us, we can get complacent with, with the relationship we have, like, you know, here's good. You know, Mm -hmm. what I'm doing is enough. What I'm doing is enough. Right. And I and I think that's kind of why you hear from me where I'm like, man, I'm still, you know, very much early on in, in my journey is because, you know, if I'm being honest with myself, I can do better.
0: I, I agree. Yeah. Me, me too. <laughs> I mean, all of us. I mean, no one's perfect. No one's Jesus. So we can yeah. all do better. You're right. And there's the pursuit of that. But I mean, it's, and
1: you know, it's, it's also the conversation too, right? Cause I, I'm a unit, right? I'm married. So when we first came here, me and my wife would start going to churches. We're looking for churches together. And I might feel the vibe of one, but she might not feel it. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, and then on Sundays, if she's busy or whatnot, I watch virtually. And then that was very convenient. Now I'm watching virtually a lot. Is very convenient. <laughs> and it's, and yep. so it's like, Oh yeah, I'm, I'm attending church on Sundays, but are you, are you, you know, where where two or more gather in my name, there I shall be. Well, when my wife goes to work Sunday morning, I'm watching church, but I'm still by myself.
0: Yep. And And, and and, we need the fellowship. Like we need to be part of small groups. We need accountability. We need the church. And the church needs us. They need men like us in there as Mm -hmm. well. Because too often, you know, the church has a bad rap because they know what we are against, but they don't know what we are for. And they need men in there that stand up for what is good.
1: Yeah, and and I think also um, transparency. Yeah. And mm-hmm. when I say transparency is, is you know, I, I mean, I think we had the conversation. You even asked, you like, hey, you faithful? Like, you know, where are you in your journey? You know, I should live a life where you shouldn't have to ask that, right? You right. You know, right. and and that's that's kind of where um I, I need to work on doing better there. So again, I could, I, I pride myself in trying to be self aware. I do a lot of a lot of quiet time, a lot of reflection. And i you know, I try and have people would think I'm crazy. I'll sit down in, in the corner of my office and and have a conversation straight up with myself, but it's, it's not myself. I'm having a conversation with God. I'm trying to, I'm trying to reflect and unpack things in real time and find out how am I showing up here? How am I supposed to be moving forward? And I mean, it started off as the self-development and self uh, self-help type journey, but it's, it's turned into so much more than that. And, and you mentioned, you know, Jesus, it's, it's that, that's the pursuit, right? Mm -hmm. How can I be like Jesus? Right there. One thing I say in modern man, no man is a template, nor will we ever be, but we have an example to follow. And that's what, that's the, that's the, the path that I'm going down.
0: How difficult have you found it being a newer believer and, following the truth the truth the bible god's word and living in society that kind of preaches virtually everything the opposite
1: um i'll be honest i had not found much resistance in that because um pick your circle Mm -hmm. pick the people you're around um and, and i say that in terms of obviously we we are part of society we live in society i'm out and about but you know the people i confide in the people i speak with the people who i text on a daily basis and who i really build relationships with um are one of two things they're they're on the path or they let me be on mine yeah and that's that's all i ask and when i say that's so all i ask I had a, I posed a question in the modern man group and it got dicey. And the simple question was before I got married, I said, Hey, what do you guys put first in your relationship? And I put those three things, God, wife, spouse, or, or kids. And somebody had a questionable comment about God being one of the choices, but after seeing it play out in the comments, some people were like, Hey, I'm out of here. This is the other thing. But somebody brought it to our attention. He's like, you need to put yourself among non-believers. If you really intend on spreading the word. I mean, if you're always around believers, if you're always around people, an echo chamber. Exactly. If you're always around your people, who are you really impacting? Right. So for me, that was like, okay, I can understand my surroundings, and and, you know, when I I have the little nuances that I think people could pick up on, where you know, if someone's like, oh yeah, you're so lucky, you know, I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm blessed.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, same way, like I, you know, this isn't dumb luck. Like this is a plan, you know. Yeah. I've one, I've worked hard to get to where I am. I've relied on God. I've, I've relied on my faith and my the abilities that He's given me to get to where I am. So to say that it's lucky insinuates basically the Big Bang, like it just happened. Like oh, lucky for you to be like, well, I didn't just wake up here. You know, there's a lot that went into all of this. So the concept of luck, you know. It, and yeah. in sports, the, the one way I buy into luck, and it's not what you, many would think, is that you make your own luck. You you prepare, you in the you study, and if, if you do that and you work hard, then you're in the right place at the right time because of that, and you quote, unquote, create your own luck and you recover that fumble, or you create and you make that interception. But it's not luck, right? Yeah. You know, people <laughs> view it as luck because they don't understand what it took to get there.
1: Yeah, it's like, um, there's this saying, it's like, um, luck is preparation meeting opportunity. Exactly. Prepare the opportunity arrives, you you take advantage of it, you know, or someone else is like, you know, the harder I've worked, the luckier I got, you know, one one being the other, something you referenced, the Big Bang. (laughs) I like that you said that because, you know, some people even asked me because I'm a man of science.
0: I'm a meteorologist. And science and the Bible do not (laughs) contradict each other.
1: Correct, but the, the thing I always point out when it comes to science is, I've found that you can go down the rabbit hole, science explains how. Mm-hmm. It doesn't explain why. Right. right. We could, I could tell you the how, like people always, oh, we have a heat wave going, uh, How? Do, but it's funny because people are like, why is this happening? I was like, I can't tell you why, I can tell you how it's happening. We have this dome of high pressure, the sun heats us up longer, we have more daylight, and of course the concrete absorbs. I can tell you how we get so hot. I could tell you how uh, you know the Earth rotates, and all this, the other thing. And I can go back and back and back and back in all the science book, all the way to the Big Bang. But there is no science that can tell us why, mm-hmm. right? Who turned on the lights, right? And and it, to say this spectacular design of our world, of our Earth, of our lives is just
0: happen chance. Like, doesn't that take (laughs) more faith? Like, it takes more faith to believe that it just happened and that so-and-so person was just there for the fumble recovery or the interception. It just happened versus there was a preparation, there's a planner, there's an organizer behind everything, right? Because I always say to people, everything here as a creator, like this, this little dongle, someone created it. This cell phone, someone created it. So everyone created that. Everyone created, everything was created by a human being or by a greater purpose, right? Everything, mm-hmm. everything has a creator, except for Earth. Like, come on. Like, that takes if, way more faith.
1: And if we are made in the likeness and image of God, our ability to create is a reflection of God. Yeah. That's why we are instruments of, of- <laughs> we are instruments, right? The the things, the podcast that I, that I create. Modern man was a concept that did not exist. It, it was in my head, and because I went out, had the the logo made. Now it's in. Now it exists, right? That's again an extension of the creator. So I, I agree wholeheartedly. The things that we see in our world ha- ha- were were once just a thought, just an idea. Mm-hmm. Right. You can call it their initial big bang. We even have the light bulb that that sparks above people when they have an idea that, ding, you know, call that the big bang. <laughs> but in the existence of that object, in the existence of that of that service, that product, that business that you create, you know, at one point there was a start to it. And you could say how it operates. You could explain how it's come together. But at one point in time. You had to create it.
0: And that thought and that big bang, as you will, that ding, that that snap, that comes from somewhere. You know, yeah. God gives you your dreams. God gives you your ambitions. Your dreams just don't come out of thin air. You know, the desire to be a meteorologist. And it, you know, like God yeah. created you for that and your dreams to do that are, yeah. are part of what God created Ted to be.
1: I remember I wanted to... I built a computer in high school, and I thought I was going to be a computer
0: engineer. And then I got the. You're way and- too smart to be on this podcast. My gosh.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I say that because you didn't hear the next line, which is <laughs> after my freshman year at 1.9 GPA. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, you fit in with me. <laughs> yeah. I went. I went to college, and I was a <laughs> physics major. I was like, "All right, I'm going to be a, an engineer or whatever." And it was physics the first year because I was I nailed physics in high school. Mm-hmm. I went to college physics. I was like, this is not the same physics that I took in high school. Like, All right. What did I miss? <laughs> done. I dropped that class. Like there was no getting past it. And I had no passion for it. So I had no desire to get through the toughness of it. And then I went to yeah. become an econ major because everyone at home was on Wall Street. So I was like, I'll do that. And then I, I was, I nailed micro and then macro came along. I was like, yo, what? No way. And I had no desire to get through it. But when I got on TV, I was so bad in Fargo, but I had the desire to get better. And I think that's what you were talking about earlier on the podcast is that, that the devil tries to, you know, be, be that hurdle for you. But when you're following your purpose and you're following who you are, you have the desire to plug through you, have the desire to get better and overcome those challenges. And I think that's, what's so amazing is that when you find your purpose, those challenges are fun. They, at times they can be fun at times. I mean, they break you down. There's been times where I'm at work, I'm in the bathroom on my knees, like praying to, for something to end and something to go away. Um, Mm. and it's not fun. Um, and it kind of goes back to some of the stuff you were talking about in a relationship, you know, surface level relationships are easy. Like they're the best because there's no problems. It's the same thing with God. Like, Hey God, you almost treat them like a vending machine. Like I need this. I need that. I got this. I got that. Like everything's good, but the deeper you get, the more difficult it gets. It's like a marriage. When my wife and I, I met we were going out to eat we we're going for walks we go back to our own place to see each other next day Like everything was the best and then we got married and then we moved in and it's like this is not what it was now like we're extremely happily married but there's a, the deeper you get the more difficult it gets you build a relationship and there's more obstacles and hurdles to overcome in any relationship and that's what's so beautiful about a relationship with God is that the deeper you get the more you learn the better you get and the, and the sharper you get refined.
1: Yeah. I mean, you, you talk about unity with somebody. And, and I remember think we went through um, you know, the one of my mentors, he was the one that married us and we did we did premarital counseling together, kind of like building the expectations of marriage and whatnot. And a great exercise we did, which I encourage anyone who, who has a spouse or is looking to to get married to do with their their partner is we we sat down and we built what our family values were gonna be. Mm. Right. Like what are our values? And, and, you know, some of the things we, our, our values came down to faith, contribution, integrity, growth, family. And, but like, we, we had to sit down and we built our, our own list of values. And then we came together and I had like 10 or 11 written down. She had like 10 or 11. And it was crazy just to notice that only two or three overlapped. Hmm. But the rest were kind of accentuations of each other, right? Right. Where like one was, um, you know, one was integrity. She had honesty, right? We could see the relation between those two, but it's just, it's digging deeper into, okay, what do you mean by honesty, right? Mm -hmm. What do you mean by integrity? Do we mean the same thing? Because communication is twofold. Communication is the things you say. And how they're delivered, but it's also how it's received. And and when you talk about getting in depth and getting onto a deeper level, it's it's cutting through the surface of those words and and going deeper into the definitions. Like expound more on what you mean by this. Expound more on what you mean on that. And it's a it's a it's a very intimate space to be because we even have a conversation where I mean, we don't have kids yet. But Jess says to me, you know, I I hope our kids. This is this is this is a, a very genuine. Uh, response and I actually I credit God for my response not me <laughs> but she said I hope our kids follow God mm. and I looked at her I said well I don't expect our kids to follow God any more than we do that's an and, incredible statement and,
0: my and she was
1: like oh I was like yeah like it's on us <laughs> like, you yeah know? And, and that's why I say like I I'm not that intuitive to respond that quick. I'm like it blown was,
0: away. And now I got to, I got to make sure that is right here for when Hannah says something. I'm like, and I got to say that I can't mess it up.
1: Yeah. But like, again, that came from the conversation of us understanding what we want and what we're expecting. And yes, we want kids and we want our kids to follow God. Well, well, babe, how are we following, mm-hmm. right? How, how, how are we being the examples for these little types that are going to learn from us into what this is all about? Because as uh, Pastor Stephen Furtick says, you know, if you let, if you let TikTok teach him about the world, you let Instagram
0: teach them about the world, it might
1: be a different, might be a different journey than, than what we're going on.
0: And I bet not uh, not a great one. <laughs> Questionable. Do you have a favorite verse in the Bible, a, a verse that you live by or one that spoke to you that's always been with you?
1: I don't. um and, and and mainly because I'm still going through the Bible, mm-hmm. and and um and I'm trying to find this verse because um it's it's part of a poem. Your um uh, yours is the earth and everything that's in it. It's it's Rudyard Kipling, but I know that's that's from the Bible. I don't know which specific verse it is, but I. It's funny because like a lot of people might think that sounds that th- sounds very um sounds very greedy, Ted. <laughs> but, like it's like, but it's also like a reminder of like, you know, the responsibilities of, of of what we are. you know, like, you know, where you know we have dominion over everything on this earth, right? and And that might sound authoritative, but it's also a responsibility. and And for me, that's how I show up in the world. Like I have a responsibility to be my best self, to to kind of be a positive. A positive light in the world for others to follow uh, a positive example for, for others to kind of feed off of and I am far from perfect and I fall short more times than I'd like to admit but at the end of the day um, that poem my dad gave me I know the words are biblical I do not know the verse but that's probably what resonates with me the most in, in terms of how I go about my everyday life
0: I love that because it's a great responsibility and it's also like marriage. You know, when we were going through our premarital counseling, our pastor said the household is up to the man to maintain, not because he is authoritative figure over the woman. It's because God gives you that woman as a gift and it's up to you to nurture her, to make her better, to make her stronger and to grow your garden. Your garden is your home. And if it fails, it's because of you. It is not because of the woman it is because of you as the steward. And when God calls your wife back to him. He wants her better than when she, when he gave her to you initially in marriage. And it's the same yeah. concept as whatever, what he gives us in this world. You know, I said so often when I pray, I pray for every meal, but I, so too often it's like, Jesus, thank you for this food. Thank you for this day. Thank you for everything. You know, it's like, blah, 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 blah. it's time to eat. Like I'm hungry. Yeah. yeah. The other day I was like, you know, God, thank you. For for this cow, thank you for this chicken, thank you, and I mean that genuinely because I was reading Genesis, and he says to you, says to us, everything in the sea is you. Are, you have power over everything in the sea, everything in the air, everything that slithers on the ground. Mm-hmm. Like we have that is, it, we own the the cattle. So that's it was a very intentional prayer of thank you for making us, you know, in the hierarchy that you created. Thank you for the animals that we have to eat. And thank you for the farmers and the hands that prepared, that prepared it as well. Because so often we, we forget that this earth is a blessing. It's a responsibility. And it's also a gift from God. Oh, absolutely.
1: And you, you mentioned Genesis and uh, um, uh, Pastor Furtick, he had a sermon that blew me away with Genesis. Speaking of the birds in the sky, speaking of the fish in the sea. And, and this is something that resonated so much with me. And I think, you know, your listeners and watchers would, would get some benefit from it, too, because we've been, we've been talking about work, right? And we've been talking about our relationships and how we show up in the world. And what he said in Genesis is, you know, I think it was day five, he put the, the birds in the sky and the fish in the sea. But he says, in order for you to understand what happened on day five, you need to look at what happened on day two. Mm. He, he had the sky already. He had the sea already. On day two, he knew what he was going to do on day five. And so for us, when he created us, the work that we do in this world is already there for us. It's, the path is already set. And for me, that was such a full circle understanding of like, oh, my gosh. Like, For me, I, I love what I do as a meteorologist, but I feel more of a passion and a pull from God with modern man. And as has a purpose to, to kind of pour into men and help guide them and grow them because I've seen this, I've seen what I think is, is something that I can do. It's something, it's something I feel like I fit in. And I, I'm running towards that. But that was there before I came on this planet. God built that sky before I could fly in it. And mm-hmm. us, as, us as birds, us as fish, or us as who we are, flesh and bone, are our, our work is ahead of us. And it's just on us to spread our wings, stop fighting it and just accept it because the birds aren't trying to swim and the fish aren't trying to fly. (laughs) But we, we are trying to do everything else, but what we were built for. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I love that. That's a good one too. One of my final questions is what's your biggest struggle as a Christian outside of tithing? I know that's one thing you're, you're, you're having a tough time doing, but what's your, one of your biggest struggles when someone you tell someone you're a Christian and you're like man i know i struggle in this area though
1: um i'll be really transparent man leading my wife leading my wife in the journey mm-hmm. you know um i think me and her are in different spots and,
0: and all my that. wife and i are, are too so that's not yeah it's not diff- that's not crazy
1: yeah and i i'm just being very honest and transparent in that and is is because you know this is this is my partner this is uh this is uh you know quite frankly I can, you know, if if my life leads others to Christ, that's, that's amazing. But, you know, my wife's in under my roof, it's, it's me and her, you know, and she's going to be the mother of my children and, and us doing that journey together is, is what I'm working on and leaning in on. And I think I can, if there was one thing I wish I could be better at was, I mean, I've, I've had prayers to God, man, like, Mm -hmm. you know, give me. The words she needs he, here or in this conversation, help me represent you. And and I've seen sometimes I fail, sometimes I hit it. And and that for me is is probably what I what I would struggle with the most.
0: Yeah. And I, I think recently that's my biggest struggle because I am newly married, mm-hmm. is that my prayer is Lord have me be the example that I need to be, have her see you in me every single day, have me have the patience that, and the love that I need to have that she says, I want to follow that more. And when we met that, it was great. Like there, she had, she believed in God. She's always believed in God, but she was raised in the Catholic church as well. And, and kind of got away from it. And, but always had, you know, always believed. And then, you know, one day, one night I went to bed and I prayed to God, said, listen, if this is the woman for me, she needs to have a faith. She needs like, I'm, I need to have a partner that also wants to run after you the way I want to run after you. And the next morning, I kid you not, I woke up to a text that said, I want to learn more about your faith. Nice. And I was like, yo, all right. Well, it looks like, it looks like I just met my wife.
1: Yeah, ben, <laughs> I, I, I had a similar experience it just, you know, just going through it. I started a habit of, you know, praying praying before bed and, and she would be there and fell off for a while because you know i go to bed well before her mm-hmm. but i'll tell you what man I'm, I'm never gonna forget when you know i'm going to bed and she comes in and she grabs my hand and said let's pray mm.
0: and when my wife does that and she does it you know periodically it is i get it it hammers me emotionally like, oh man yeah
1: you know i'm like i'm laying in bed getting ready to go to sleep and i'm like do you want to lead it and she's like yeah and, and like and we pray out loud together mm-hmm. and 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 i will tell you this as a married man those are some of the most intimate moments oh, that we have. the
0: best <laughs> the ba- like they're the, the, the most powerful because you're never more connected when you're praying and and you hear her prayers of what she needs and what she wants and then vice versa you know i always i rarely pray for myself and I, and I need to pray more for myself because it's acceptable, but I so mm-hmm. often pray for us. And what we need as a couple it, and it's almost like therapy, uh, to a degree, cause you're, you're, you're vulnerable cause you're talking to God, but you're yeah. cognizant cause your, your spouse is next to you. And it is the, it's the best, like we don't do it enough, but I'm so happy that we do it, you know, as much as we do. And I, I want to do it more. And in fact, I was just thinking, I got text her cause she's out on a trip. Like, babe, hey, we gotta be intentional. With how, when we pray every night or every morning, because she works, she works 7a to 7p as an ICU nurse. So I come home at 1am and she's already asleep. And Mm -hmm. then she gets up at 5am and and I'm sleeping. So it's tough. It doesn't mean it's impossible. And you've got, we've got to be better intentional Christians versus convenient Christians. Like you were mentioning when some of the things that you do in your life as well.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely, and honestly, I, I see she just texted me because she got out of her test. I hope she did well, but I'm I'm gonna follow up right after this. I'm like, babe, we need to start. We need to start every day praying at night before we go to bed. And this
0: and is, is why you know we were talking about it earlier. As if it's bad to be in the echo chamber, it's not bad because we're all different, right? So the echo chamber in politics, it's like, yeah. You go, like, I, everything you say is 100%. Like, there's no argument, room for argument. And you therefore, you're just kind of in this bubble, like the rest of the world doesn't exist. There's no other opinions. But when it comes to the word of God, there is no, if nothing else. Like, that, that is the truth. One of my biggest pet peeves, and I've talked about this with some other people, is the, the phrase, my truth. I, mm. I don't know how that started. I mean, I know how it started, <laughs> because it tries to empower the individual of, like, telling other people they're wrong. it's like, my truth, my truth. Well, there is no my truth in the word of God. It's the truth. You mm-hmm. could either get in line or not, and it's the submission, like we we're talking about earlier. Yeah, um, and her and I—we got to we just got to get there and get on the same page. And I just, man, I, the intentionality of being a Christian is has hit me over this conversation. Yeah, man.
1: It's my focus is the pursuit. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, it's the relationship. You start picking up that phone, and and when I when I say like, you know, I ever heard God. You know, if in one conversation I had with my, my wife, which was great, was, was like, OK, do you believe God works through people? She's like, yeah. OK, so the the Bible, would you believe God worked through people to write the Bible? Yeah. So in essence, the Bible is the word of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So God's talking to you. You're just not picking up the
0: book. Right. We have the answer, <laughs> but we have the answer key to the entire to life. And yeah. we're, we're too arrogant. We're too busy to pick it up and learn, and we don't want to know the truth, even though it makes us better and it makes life a lot easier. We're told from so many other outside voices that what that we don't need to follow the word, and that it is actually a it, it restricts our life. When in reality, when you when you're in that echo chamber of your pot and your text message thread, it's really not an echo chamber because we're all different spots in our journey but if as long as we're in the truth then you know it helps each other out and it's that fellowship that we need and why we need to go to church
1: you need that reinforcement mm-hmm. right those those um those are the reinforcements you need i'm i'm finishing the second time i'm reading a book called uh, wild at heart john eldritch recommend it um okay. and he he talks about the you know the desire of men. And he says, men have three desires. They, they have a desire of uh, an adventure to live a battle to fight and a beauty to save. And I'm going through the battle to fight right now. And he talks about, you know, there is a battle every day. It's, it's us versus the devil and, and the lies that we hear mm-hmm. the devil has different tactics. Right. Oh. And, and, he and he knows he, our weak spots. Exactly. And one of which being manipulation and compromise, that compromise mm. part, how many times do we read the Bible? And it's like, you know, I like this part, but I'm gonna interpret this part a little differently because I. <laughs> it's like, Yeah, wow, it's man. like we want
0: God to be our co-pilot versus our leader.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like, did God stutter there? I think the verse said what it said. <laughs> <laughs> Like, refer to text. <laughs> so, but like, we do that. And, and that's quote, unquote, the, the, the war within, the battle, the fight is, you know, the devil's gonna try compromising the devil's Mm in the try well let me just a little bit here and that's a slippery slope which is why we need that echo chamber as the reinforcements to nah bro stay strong we got your back
0: yeah and and listen politics is a master class on how if you move one percent just little by little and you compromise little by little all of a sudden you turn around you're like i'm (laughs) way far from where i started right now and it's the same thing with the word of God. And, and, and it's all intertwined. I mean, the, the truth is the truth, whatever it might be. So, yeah, I mean, you're right. And it's crazy. Uh, last question is, if you want, if anyone could learn anything from your journey, what do you want somebody to learn from your personal individual journey?
1: It's okay to stumble. It's okay to fail. Um, I I'm hard on myself. We probably all are. Um, so if anybody can learn anything it's you know dust yourself off get up you're forgiven keep going
0: man i love that dude ted thank you for coming on a relatable journey everybody check out the modern man podcast after you check out this podcast rate it and subscribe to it as well man ted you're the best dude i love you appreciate it man love you too bro thank you for tuning in to a relatable journey however you watched or listened please tell your friends and also Five stars, a like, a subscribe, whatever it takes to help spread this message. We appreciate you and thank you again.